Welcome to the driver's line. I'm Greg. And I'm Jordan. And today we're having a conversation about what we're thankful for and things that maybe we would be thankful for if they just went away. Right. Yeah. In the whole automotive spectrum, we wanted to celebrate the things that we're thankful for today in the spirit of Thanksgiving, as well as talk about some things that we'd be really thankful for if the manufacturers decided to stop doing them. Yeah, so we, we, we got some cars on this list. We got some automotive features and trends on this list. So it's going to be chock full of them. <laughs> chock full of good stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so starting off small, uh, I figured there'll be a good feature to be thankful for. So something that kind of blends in the background, but we don't really think about it a lot, I think is analog brakes. So, um, you know, it's technology and it's not something we think about. Right. But that helps us in so many ways in terms of safety, um, but also like on the track and performance. I know I don't want to be locking up in the mid-corner. No. Um, so I'm really thankful for the fact that we have ABS technology that can both make driving more engaging, but also safer. I think that's also a really important thing. Absolutely. And it's, it's such a good technology. It was something that was you know, kind of perfected within Formula One, believe yeah. it or not. And they outlawed it because it was too good. Yeah. They wanted to have... They'll see the driver's skill in braking, <laughs> and so that's why you'll see Formula One cars lock up, is because yeah. they don't have ABS, yeah. because it just makes it a little too easy for the drivers, but it's something that's fantastic for those of us who like to drive, you know, uh, spiritedly on the street, right. um, spiritedly on a track, but or, you know, but responsibly, and, you know, <laughs> if you have an oops moment out on a public road, right, yeah. or, you know, some uh, situation happens where you have to have a panic stop, you know that your wheels are not going to lock, and you're going to be able to do a safe stop, so... Yeah. It's a wonderful system, and we're absolutely thankful here thankful the driver's that. time that we've got it. Absolutely. So one other thing that we're thankful for is the Cadillac CT5V Blackwing. There you go. It is the last of a dying breed, and we're thankful that Cadillac still makes it. It is the only V8 supercharged manual sedan that you can buy today. It's pretty incredible coming from Cadillac. Right? Yeah, from Cadillac of all yeah. people. Uh, a brand that people thought was Stodges, their grandparents' car, yep. for so many years, and Cadillac is the last one holding on to this candle. They are the flag bearer of performance for America, honestly. And um, we're really thankful that they're sticking their neck out on the line and even bringing us a revised version of it in the latest CT5 refresh. Exactly. So. And, you know, still making the car, the CT4V Blackwing with the twin turbo V6 as well, uh, also coming with a manual transmission. So it is just kind of like we see you and we thank you. Yeah. Own one. <laughs> there you go. So, um, just a wonderful, wonderful thing to still have within the marketplace. Awesome. That's a great choice. Um, something else I'm thankful for uh, in terms of the automotive market is a safety feature. Um, and probably the only one that I would consider having. I don't have it on any of my current vehicles because they're all <laughs> pretty old. Um, but it's something that's not super intrusive, but I think plays a really important role, and that's rear cross-traffic alert. So backing out of parking spots, um, both in terms of you know making sure that you're not hitting any behind you. Um, but you know everybody has an SUV now. Yes. So um, coming coming out of somebody who drives typically smaller vehicles, um, I definitely see the value in being able to back up and see cars coming in behind me that I wouldn't normally be able to see right next to me. And um, I think that's a really important feature. And it's not something that's super intrusive, which I think a lot of other safety features like lane keep assist <clears throat> um, <laughs> can actually make the driving experience worse and less safe uh, if you're not really aware of what the vehicle is capable of. So Yeah, well, that's a great call. Uh, you know, that that is one. It's not that intrusive. It'll just kind of beep at you or flash something up on one of your screens to let you know that you're having someone coming behind you, right? And so it's a system that generally works pretty well. Um, it's on my wife's car, um, and it's, it's just nice and non-intrusive, but if you're not, you know, paying attention or if you have an obstacle that's blocking you from where you need to be looking, 
it tells you if someone's coming, which is very, very helpful. My next choice for something that I'm thankful for is the Ford Mustang. So as most of you know, we just got the S650 generation of the Mustang. It is the last of another dying breed. I think I'm going on with a little bit of a, a theme here, at least with my <laughs> first two choices, is you know things that still exist that are the last of the dying breed. Yeah. So Challenger going away, yep. Camaro going, going away. So the Mustang is now the flag bearer for American muscle slash pony performance, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the only one that remains. And Ford, you know, did another great job of it. Yes, it's a largely revised S550, but you know, it's looks a little bit like a Camaro, but <laughs> but <laughs> it still exists. You yeah. can still get it with a, a, a raucous V8, the five liter yep. um, Coyote V8. It's been revised. Um, gosh, what's it up to? Like now over 480 horsepower, mm -hmm. I think, in the dark horse. Um, just lots of horsepower just a fun car great transmission if you get the dark horse <laughs> not not as great if you get the regular gt but you know they, they still this still exists of course they also came out with the gtt yeah which, which is, is insane it's just an absolutely insane basically race car that's yeah. going to be street legal right yeah. so i mean it's just nuts that they make something like that that they're still here for us in a performance standpoint yeah i love seeing that ford is standing behind their products in terms of that mustang even though we saw you know, maybe there's some watering down in terms of the Mach-E, but they're not scared to add even more performance, more power, and just really bring up the Mustang game. Right. Because we saw, like, in the last couple of generations where Mustang has really improved in terms of its handling and ride and, and stepped away a little bit from that muscle car and entered more of the sports car arena. Yep. But they're still willing to give us that crazy power, which yes. I love. Um, so, you know, props to them because I know in this market that's got to be really tough because we're seeing other automakers having to partner up in order to build their performance. Right, cars. exactly. You got and the Ford's Supra. doing it all by themselves. Yeah, the Supra, right. BMW, and Toyota partnering yeah. up on that, the 86. Yep. Um, Subaru and Toyota partnering up on that. So, Which, hey, if you got to do that, I get it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're thankful for it, right? Like, we're, I mean, thankful we're thankful for that. For anything that is a. <laughs> Fun, small performance car. Exactly. Another feature that um, I've really become very appreciative for is something that I come in contact with every day, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the DSG transmission. So as we know, automatics are becoming basically the only option at this point for transmissions. So I really appreciate the fact that I have the opportunity to drive something in my commuter car uh, that's coming from racing technology, right? And it's able to swap out gears real quick if I'm in the mode to you know, do a spirited mountain run. I can shift it over in DSG mode, use my flappy paddles. Use the flappy paddle gearbox. Uh, and have some fun with it. Um, and it's not just a typical slush box. So um, we're stepping up the performance game for general cars. And you see them in, in lots of cars. I mean, my mother-in-law's Hyundai Veloster has a DSG now, oh, that's nuts. which is crazy. Um, so um, I think that's a really cool feature that we're, it's kind of been watered down to like the general public. And I think it's really great. Yeah, DSGs are fantastic. You know, any dual clutch gearbox, huge 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 improvement from those single clutch gearboxes that used to be out yeah. there right like the original r8 came with a single clutch the whole debacle ford had right with right. the the focuses and yeah. i think the fiestas oh that had yeah. the, the single the single clutch gearbox they're jerky they're you know inconsistent just yeah, not slow to react yeah just slow to react not a great driving experience yeah. and so the dual clutch has kind of meted out all of those problems yeah. and just like solved everything just it's lightning quick which is why you see the new Corvette having it, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they knew the take rate when they sell Corvettes is hugely automatic with the C7. It was yeah. like, uh, I think like 26% yeah. annual, yeah. which is right. just sad, but yeah. it's, it's their customer base, right? And they have to, you know, uh, attract their customer base. And so with the C8, they're like, hey, we can make something engaging that is also still an automatic. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they came out with the dual clutch. And for my, my last thing that I'm thankful for, going right off of what we were just talking about, 
is the C8 Corvette. I mean, it's been featured on this podcast it's, before. I know, we've been featuring it on the podcast. Yeah. I've got my Corvette shirt on right now. And it is just something that I am completely thankful for because if you think about it, who would have believed it if you had told them that I'm going to give you a mid-engine V8 dual clutch for like 60 grand? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I 495 can't. horsepower with the sport with the performance exhaust. People would not have believed you. No, no one's doing that in the market. No. I mean, these are that's that go with a Ferrari. Yeah, go with a Lamborghini. Go with any exotic brand, and you can buy it at sixty thousand bucks at your Chevy dealer. Yeah. So I mean, and, and previously, like Corvette was flirting with that supercar territory, and now they are just right on into it. Yep. And embarrassing folks who are triple, quadruple the cost. Yeah. So like, props to the GM engineers up there. Because they know what they're doing, and yes. they're they should be earning lots of respect for their abilities. Mm -hmm. Because that car's fantastic. Yes, absolutely, just a world beater. The Z06, I think, went like fourth fastest in the Car and Driver Lightning Lap. Crazy. I mean, the Senna's the fastest. That just gives you an idea yeah. of where it is, where it just lands within the spectrum of performance cars, and it's just outstanding. The fact that we have something like that, which you can buy, I think the base price is now sixty eight thousand, mm -hmm. so they're kind of getting wise to the, the yeah. price, but. I mean, you can still buy a 1LT for 68000 bucks, And we're just starting. This is their first attempt. Yeah, their first attempt at it. I mean, that's You know they're going to revise it. On your first attempt. Yeah. And, we're, and we don't even have the full Corvette lineup fleshed out yet. Mm, no, there's something else coming something that starts coming. with a Z <laughs> and ends with a 1. And it's been testing on a Nuremberg ring. Yes. <laughs> I've been watching the footage yeah. and it sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Most likely going to have that uh, flat plane V8 mm -hmm. with a couple of turbos attached to it. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. Nope, does not hurt at all. <laughs> we'll be very thankful when that gets here. <laughs> Speaking of more things to be thankful for, I'm sticking to the small, but this is something very important for me, and that's heated seats. And I got to say, as I'm getting older, <laughs> heated seats are so important to me. <laughs> but now there's, they're basically standard equipment. I remember when they were luxury items. Right, exactly, yeah. Standard equipment, unless you want a BMW, and then you have to pay for a subscription. Yeah, subscription, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I think heated seats are a really great feature that a lot of us just take for granted now. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, in, we're in the thing at all. But make your life a little bit more comfortable, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, no, great choice. Absolutely. <laughs> there is literally nothing better on a cold winter's day than when you get into your car and you can hit that seat heater. Yeah. It warms up four or five times faster than the heat does in the car. Yeah. So you've got this cold air blowing on you from your, your heat desperately trying to warm up. But then you've got this heated seat just cocooning you in luxury. And I think it's going to be even more important as we see a lot more electric vehicles come into play. I mean... The HVAC system is a big draw mm -hmm. on a battery, so being able to have you know direct heat contact in terms of the steering wheel and the seat, yep. uh, that's going to help us get some more range out of these electric cars, which is really good. So Good call, good call. Yeah. Are we ready to talk about the Tear flip side of it here? Yeah. <laughs> talk about things that we are, or well, would be thankful for yeah. if they did not exist. Just say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. That's what we would love to say bye-bye. For sure. So, so some of these things. I'm going to kick us off, because one thing... And it kind of goes off of the whole Corvette discussion. Is I would be really thankful if dealerships were no longer allowed to gouge their customers. Amen. Out of the back of COVID, when parts were constrained, logistics kind of fell apart, cars became scarce, right? But people still were flush with cash um, and wanted to buy, right? And so dealerships did what they do. They're very capitalistic, so I guess you can't fault them for that. Yep. But you know, they, they, they put these prices out of reach for a lot of people on a lot of these cars. I mean, you were looking at things that were as boring as a Kia Telluride. 
you were paying like 60 grand for a Telluride. I mean, it's a Kia. Come on. <laughs> there are, I mean, the, the Telluride in and of itself was a fantastic family car. Family. But it is not worth 60,000 bucks. It's yeah, it's a not. family car. I mean, we're, we're pricing people out of the market. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, I mean, these are, these are cars that people need. I mean, you know, America is very dependent on very transportation. Dependent. We, we, do, we do not have the infrastructure yeah. that Europe has. We don't have any of that going on. So people in the United States need cars to get to work. And this is something that was negatively impacting them. And then it, of course, fell on down to the used car market because those prices then rose. Yeah. And it's just been a situation that we still really find ourselves in. It's only roughly now that we're starting to see some of these cars come down. You can finally get a C8 for MSRP. Yeah. And it's been out for now four years. That's crazy. I mean, I'm still seeing Nissan Zs yeah. with with a $40,000 market adjustment on them. Yeah, someone put the Nismo. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. Someone put the Nismo. It was like $150,000. What are we doing? Like, like what no are we doing exactly? That. Yeah, no I mean, buying that. nobody's buying that. Come on. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of things that are absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> and... Uh, my poor friend Greg's gonna have to deal, deal with this one here. Piano Black, can we please just move on? I mean, like, okay, this is a trend that started like over a decade ago, um, and I still don't see the fascination. Like, it's probably more affordable for these car companies to put it in, I guess. And it does look flashy. Don't get me wrong. It looks on nice. A concept when it's car new. looks great. Yeah, it looks yeah. nice when it's new. And Greg can attest because he has ATS. So. Yeah, ATSV, <laughs> Piano Black everywhere, haptic buttons. <laughs> was not the strong suit of the car. Right. We don't <laughs> buy it. Not the reason for that. we bought it. We don't buy it for that. <laughs> but let's try it. I mean, it is 2023 now, right? So we're starting to see some manufacturers definitely get away from that. I'm going to shout out Hyundai for that specifically um, because Hyundai and Kia loved some piano black. Yes. Um, but they have done a great job of mixing up the materials in ways that look expensive but are really affordable and durable, which, mm -hmm. is, which is a really important thing too. Um, so let's try to get some more creativity happening and let's please, for the love of God, step away from the piano black. Yeah, agreed wholeheartedly. It's <laughs> nothing but, it, all it does is attract dust and fingerprints. Yeah. Again, looks great when it's new or when your car's been freshly detailed, but that is it. It's like a black car. Yeah. Black cars look phenomenal when they're clean. Right. Best looking cars out there. But it lasts for five minutes. Yeah. It, it's just, there are so other materials that can be used. You can use brushed aluminum. You can use anything else. Literally anything else. <laughs> Literally Let's anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, black. Carbon fiber trim if you want to be something shiny. Right. Hides fingerprints because of the weave. Right. There are so many other choices that are way, way superior yeah. to piano black. So. Can we do piano white? I don't know. Can we just change it up, please? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. The next thing that I would be thankful if no longer existed or... <laughs> What's significantly improved okay. is adaptive cruise control. Oh boy, yes. I hate <laughs> adaptive cruise control. You really it don't. is something that I've had in multiple rental cars. I've had, we have it in my wife's Audi, mm. and it is the most frustrating system to deal with yeah. because the Audi thinks it's so smart. <laughs> it has speed limit recognition. Okay. And so it'll tell you what the speed limit is. It'll flash it up on the screen. Right, right. And so if you're cruising along in a 70 mile an hour zone, say you've got your cruise set at 75 and the speed limit drops to 65, the Audi will apply the brakes. Oh gosh, that's awful. <laughs> and it's also like a safety consideration. It won't even just like flash a warning at you say, hey, the speed limit has changed. You might want to consider adjusting your speed. Right. No, right. brakes. <clears throat> Full on. Full on. Jeez, and it's just not crazy. even comfortable. Oh, yeah. It's just a horrible, horrible feature. And 
You know, the, the other thing that just annoys me more than anything about the adaptive cruise control is you can be trucking along and you start to approach a car and the thing just so gradually slows down you don't even notice it. Then you can start getting passed by all these people you've passed <laughs> recently and you're like, what's going on? And then you finally realize what happened. Well, I guess it's trying to be safe. But yeah, it's trying to be safe. But, but it's just, it's just totally very frustrating. That. Yeah, and yeah. so I can definitely see that. And, and uh, when you're not... Yeah, you think you're doing the correct speed that you want to do. <laughs> right. And it just like completely takes over. It I does. Just, I don't like something that completely does that. Yeah, and so. it makes me not want to use it, which right. I think defeats yeah. the purpose of the system, right? Yeah. You want a system that... It's not defeatable. Right. That's the only option yeah. you got. Yeah, yeah, it's the only cruise control option. It's the right. only cruise control or adaptive. Bummer. Bummer. I can understand why you'd be upset about that. <laughs> I'm sorry about you and your Audi, man. Oh, <laughs> All right, well, um, jumping on the safety feature bandwagon, something that I equally detest um, would be lane keep assist. Now, I will say there are some manufacturers that are better than this at others. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shout out the, the system in the Chevy Trax was actually pretty good. Oh, yeah? Um, that, that I used. Um, but, man, some of these <laughs> systems are so jarring. So bad. Uh, like the ones in the Hyundais or oh, the Toyotas. Too. Well, the Hyundai was so bad. I had a rental Hyundai at one oh point, gosh. and I was like, "Oh, I gotta try this because it was yeah. it was new at the time, yeah. right?" And so I turned it on, and it started ping ponging between it's the lines in the lane. I'm it, like, "This is disconcerting." It makes you seasick. Yeah, it makes you seasick. <laughs> and I understand, like, the point of it is not to be self driving, right? right? It's, it's right. really not to be doing yeah. that. It's to try to keep you in your lane, but it has to do a better job than that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think for the general public. Who loves to those of us who love to be on our cell phones while we're driving? Which obviously don't do that. Please don't do that. Yes. Please stop doing that. Let's take. Let's put that on our list. <laughs> I, know, I, I mean, just, we didn't have that on our list. But we're putting it on now. Yeah, really. Um, cell phone I, use while driving. I could see why that would be, you know, a beneficial safety feature. But the systems become so powerful. It's all. It's almost like when you're trying to get back in your lane. It's still acting against you, right? Uh, and and when you're driving, you're traveling at a fair rate of speed, and you don't have control of your vehicle like that. That is pretty concerning. So, yeah. um, let's try to work on that and get that because that's not going away. No. Uh, let's be real about that. I'm sure that we'll see a mandate for that in the future. Absolutely, yeah, it's going <laughs> to so, be something that's federally mandated, yeah. and we're all just going to have to deal with it. But yeah. hopefully, by then, it's uh, much more yeah, camera technology, less intrusive. And, yeah feature on a vehicle. Mm. So the last thing that I have on my list, there's actually more things than this on the list, but this is the last one we're gonna, I'm gonna talk about today, is I will be so thankful if this trend of giant screens and a lack of physical buttons would cease mm. on modern cars. Like the, Ford, the new Ford Mustang has this giant screen going from here to here that just has all of your information on it. Yeah, it gives you some neat stuff, it does, because you can put like the old Fox body, um, Yes, we love the Fox Speed body. limit, uh, knows your, your gauge is on there. Um, <laughs> but it just other things are just kind of obnoxious, yeah. right? Like there yeah. are, in a lot of new cars, like you have to change the temperature using a screen. Mm -hmm. You have to change the radio using a screen. These are things that buttons and dials are perfect for. Yeah, I mean, in the new midsize uh, pickups from GM, yeah. you got to go into the screen and turn on the headlights. Right. Like, who thought who this was thought a good idea? Was a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I might be wrong, so Tesla stands, please, sorry if I am, but I could have sworn on some Teslas you had to go into a menu to turn on the wipers. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So these are things that are controlled best with a stock. Is that we don't need to reinvent it. No. We don't need to reinvent the steering wheel with the yoke either, Tesla. So thank you at least for giving people the option to choose now. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. a good thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I think that's a great call out because 
I mean, for me, coming from the Volkswagen family, the Volkswagen, the Volkswagen, <laughs> you know, that Mark eight is ruined for me yes. uh, because of that interior. Um, I mean, not to mention, black. not to mention the frowny face. Well, it is a very frowny face. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And the fact that some of these buttons aren't lit on that interior on that yeah. one, I mean, why are we green lighting this stuff, guys? Exactly. I mean, it's it's just nuts. Um, and it's not user-friendly. Knobs are great. Let's use the knobs. Okay? <laughs> Bring the knobs back. <laughs> That's going to be your new thing. Save the knobs. Save the knobs. <laughs> save the manual, save the knobs. Yes. You go together. All good, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, well, speaking of manuals, we're appreciative of manuals. Don't make those go away. Yes. But can we please, for the love of God, for the make love of God. the CVT transmission go away? I have yet to be in one that I actually enjoy using. There isn't one that works. <laughs> They're all terrible. The ones that Subaru makes with the fake gears, bad. The ones Nissan makes, terrible. There's not a good CVT. It has no reason being anywhere near a performance car no, subaru God, and no. your wrx that's insane to me insane insane i can al almost understand it in a little econo box uh type situation yeah. but i mean come on subaru. also guys and this is just me talking to the manufacturers real quick zf makes a great automatic transmission <laughs> if you want an automatic transmission call zf yeah just drop it in this is so ridiculous because the zf8 is the standard yeah fantastic transmission i agree I agree. For an automatic, for a actual, you know, torque converter right. automatic, it's the best. Or you could even do it one better, dual clutch. It's time. Yeah. Let's move it's on time. with that one. Yes, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with that said, it's also time for us to end. That's right. It's time for us to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed our thankful list. We're thankful for you as well for yeah. tuning in and watching our channel. Uh, please like and subscribe like and share. Like and subscribe. It. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week.